You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi there. You're joining me for episode 184 of the Blended Family Podcast. Today, I'm bringing you something new. For the last few weeks, I've been asking for volunteers to come on the show with me as a co-host. It's a new thing that I'm trying in order to save myself some production time, as well as help our community to connect and get to know one another better. And I wasn't sure how the response would be, but so far, a lot of you have offered, and I'm so appreciative of that. And I'm really excited about this because each of you has your own unique experience that can be so valuable when shared with the rest of us. Today is going to be the first of this type of show. So let me just clarify a few things before we start in case some of you have questions about this. This is not going to be every show, but I also don't have a set schedule for these. I just want to see how it goes and how you all like it. I create the podcast for you, so I want to hear back from you on whether you like this type of show or not. And they're all going to be different because each one of you is different. And these are conversational shows, so there's no format here. If you are interested, feel free to set up a mini session with me by going to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule. When you choose the mini session, please add co-host there in the notes so that I know what it's for. Now, I usually do these over Skype, and the actual recording will definitely be over Skype. But I'm finding the initial call is a little bit easier over the phone. So when you schedule, I'll likely email you to work that out. But for now, figure on a phone call, which will come from an unknown number, just because I can't give everybody my phone number. At that time, we'll have a quick chat so that I can get to know you better and determine what topics we might want to cover for our episode. And then we'll set up the actual recording, which is going to be audio only over Skype. If anyone has any further questions about this, you can always email me, and that email address is melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. All right, so I have no other announcements today because this show is longer than usual, but I think you'll really enjoy this conversation I had with one of our own listeners. I'm delighted to welcome one of our listeners, Amy Novakovich, to the show. Amy and I chatted a little bit last week, and I learned a lot about her. She and her husband are a blended family of six. They live here in my state of Florida, and they're business owners. In fact, they run a very successful financial company called Nova Wealth Management, and they have their very own podcast as well. So we have a lot to talk about today. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And Amy, as you know, this is the first of a new type of show format that I'm putting out, which is less of an interview style and more just a conversation between a listener and myself. It's something that I decided to do in order to make things a little bit easier for myself. But at the same time, it's a great change as well as an opportunity for me to connect with a listener and as well as for all of the listeners to learn more about one another. So Amy, we'll definitely talk about your business later, but mostly I want to learn about you, your family, and just have an honest conversation about the blended family life. So 
first, can be a little vulnerable today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why don't you first share a little bit about your family? Tell us about your husband and your children and how you all got together. Sure. Um, so my husband and I actually met at our prior firm that we were also business partners at. Um, and um, I guess it just so happened that we had the same passions, you know, about just investments and money and finances. So we just kind of hit it off as friends first. And then I guess it just kind of went on from there. And he has twins from his first marriage. Um, So when we started dating, they were about three and a half, I think. Yeah, about three and a half. And I had no children, but I had also been married. So I had, I married my high school sweetheart, Mm. and was with him for almost 10 years total. But the marriage um, was just just a really hard marriage. A lot of, um, I don't know, I, I don't want to say uh, abuse. There was no physical abuse, but definitely just a lot of manipulation, um, you know, going on. So I was really guarded. So it was kind of funny that I got into a relationship with a man with two kids because <laughs> I didn't have any kids. Um, you want to talk about guarded, you know, come go date somebody with children. Um, but yeah, so I didn't have any kids and had these two little ones right off the bat. The mother is still very involved. Um, she's actually a really great person. Um, there's a lot of things I wouldn't say we see eye to eye on parenting wise, but I just always try to respect her in that. We can talk more about that, you know, later, but, um, we get along, you know, we have a really good relationship with her and her to be husband that she's engaged, um, who we also worked with at our prior firm. All four of us actually worked at our prior firm. Wow. So then we had two kids of our own. So I have a four-year-old little girl, um, and then a two-year-old little boy. So we have two kids together and then I have two stepkids. Wow. So going into that, you were what we call, which I hate the term childless step parent or childless parent. I hate that word, but that's just what it's called. So how many years uh, were you just a step parent before you had children of your own? So about six years, six years. Wow. And so during that time, because I know we have a lot of people listening who are in that position right now and they find it very difficult. So, I mean, how was that for you? How was that for you getting into something with little children like that, where you had no experience of being a parent yourself? Did you find that challenging? You know, I, my husband actually just said this to me, like, just recently, I want to say within the last month, he said, I can't believe you stuck around. And I'm like, (laughs) I can't either because it is so hard, A, when they're not your kids and B, when you don't have kids of your own, not to mention I am an only child. So I had no siblings. I had no little siblings. I didn't even live close to my cousins. I mean, I had no experience other than being like a lifeguard in, in high school with kids. I had no experience. So to all of a sudden become a parent half the time was crazy. I mean, it was beyond hard. I I actually just thank God. I, it must've been God that kept us together because I don't know, there, there was no other power that could have kept us together. Well, what would you say? I mean, what was really challenging for you? Like what was the hardest thing for you at that time going through? Well, I think we can all agree that when when a child is not your child, you see things that the parents don't. Mm. 
So I would hear the children be like, dad, I need more juice. Dad, I want more juice. Dad, I want this. Dad, I want this. I need this. I need this. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, your kids boss you around. Do you not hear that? You know, my husband would be like, uh, oh, they, no, I, I don't. They're just kids. I'm like, I know, but they need manners. Like, and so that was one of the first conversations we had that I remember. I was like, they literally boss you around. I mean, you don't hear that. And he's just like, no, I'm like the way they talk to you. Like, and then, you know, that was just the start. Like that's something little, but that's the hardest thing I think is even now I would say I see things that he just doesn't like, and I'm sure that people see things about me and my kids that I don't see. Like when you're a parent, you're just kind of blinded. Yeah. Um, for, for lack of a better term, but you know what I mean? I mean, I think that was the hardest thing is I would see things that he wouldn't. And so it's hard to see eye to eye with your spouse, right. On something that you can't, possibly see together. He, he doesn't see it. And that's just the way it is. Is that something that you were ever able to, uh, not eliminate, but is it something that you were able to work through or you're still struggling just as much today with that? So a little bit of both. So I'm a huge communicator. I like to talk about everything. I like to bring up uncomfortable subjects. I am okay with confrontation. I talk a lot. My husband could not be more opposite. (laughs) He doesn't want to talk about things. He shuts down when it comes to anything hard. He doesn't want to talk through it. You know, he's a man. Like yeah. he, he doesn't want to talk about it. Um, and he'd rather just walk away, forget about it, and just kind of hold it all inside. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'll follow him. You know, <laughs> like let's talk about it now. Is now a good time? You know, like so. I have come to learn the happy medium of like becoming completely crazy, (laughs) uh, psycho wife (laughs) and just trying to be a partner in that and realize, okay, now is not a good time to talk, but can we talk about that? Maybe over lunch, can we go to lunch today and we'll talk about it? And he'll be like, okay. So at least he knows, like he can prepare for it. He can, he can see it coming. Although he doesn't want to do it. I give him a break. I back off for now. We've kind of found that happy medium yeah. Where we can sit down and actually talk about it. And we're business partners too, right? So what I have found is that a marriage is a lot like especially a blended marriage is a lot like running a business. Mm. You have to somehow find a way, maybe it's you and your spouse write things down. Maybe it's you set a lunch up. Maybe it's you get a babysitter and go on a date night and do something intimate. Maybe it's having a discussion with the kids. Whatever works for you, you have to find a calm time to talk about things because when things are heated in the moment, you're not thinking clearly. Like it's hard to work through that. So although I still get heated, that's why I say it's a little bit of both. Cause there are times where I am not thinking clearly and I still do that, but I do catch myself and then I say, okay, can we talk about this later? So I've, uh, I've come to find that happy medium where we can find good times to talk. Yeah. And so when you had your biological children, do you still notice that dad, kind of tunes out some of the behaviors from the bio kids too? Like, is he like that across the board? Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. So that must've changed a little bit when your kids came along, like as far as how you related with him. And as far as, you know, you realizing that it's not just the step kids that he's doing that too, but he kind of just, that's the way he is. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think I also, when you have your own kids, you realize that it's harder than what you think. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, before I was kind of more making accusations like, Oh my gosh, you're choosing not to do this. Like you're choosing just to block it out. And then when you have your own kids, you kind of realize it's not, it's not, you know, it's more involuntary. It's not a voluntary thing. So you become more, you can understand it more. You can relate more because I now understand that it is kind of difficult, but I mean, just constantly, just the other day, my two-year-old, I said, we got to be done with this passy. Like he is on the passy and I'm like, nobody give him a passy. And the next thing I know, an hour later, he'll come around with the passy. And I'll be like, did you give him a passy? He'll be like, yeah, he asked nicely. I'm like, Jim, what are you doing? I thought we just said, I mean, like he just, you know, he gives in, like he doesn't, he doesn't think through. (laughs) Yeah. the long-term consequence, he just thinks, well, I want to make him happy right now. Like, I constantly have to be the bad guy. But it's an interesting point that you bring up um, because differences in parenting styles, you know, people, that's something that I get all the time from parents. And you just pointed out, it really doesn't matter whether it's just a blended family with stepkids or if it's your biological kids together, you're going to have parenting differences no matter what. And the way that you handle things is going to be different. Now, one of the interesting things about your blended family, and I really wanted to talk about this, is that you're raising two sets of kids that are in completely different stages of life, which is something that I have no experience with. All of my kids, they're all very close in age, and I know that that can have its own advantages and disadvantages. But I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what it's like to raise toddler-age children at the same time as preteens, because I know we have other listeners with the same challenge. So what's that like for you? Yeah, well, several things. (laughs) So the twins are almost 13, Um, and actually it's funny because about, well, just a few hours ago, Grace called me from school. She's one of the older ones, um, and said, I'm just not feeling well. I'm like, what's the matter? Like she is of course just hormonal, right? Like she's going through hormonal swings and she's full blown puberty and preteen. And this morning it was a really difficult morning because you've got two kids going through crazy hormonal changes that they don't understand. And then you've got two little ones that feel like, you know, they're learning everything from older ones that feel like, I kind of feel like they throw their own tantrum. So I'm trying to teach two little ones that it's not okay to throw tantrums. Meanwhile, I have two older ones throwing tantrums. Like, it's the hardest thing. Not to mention, I think my husband, I think he's kind of burn out a little bit because he's now going through this twice. Right. You know, like I came in the picture after they were just exiting the toddler years. He's been through this whole baby thing, toddler thing twice now. And I really think he's kind of burnt out a little bit. I mean, who wouldn't be? I, I feel like yeah. it's, it's hard enough for me, let alone for him that has gone through it twice now. So I, I kind of take it on. Like I'm literally the moderator. I feel like 24 hours a day we had them this weekend and it's just so hard. The two older ones fight like cats and dogs. Meanwhile, the two little ones will literally be standing there watching them. Mm. And I'll have to come in. I'm like, you guys, like, I, I get that you're in the heat of the moment. Like, you feel like this argument needs to happen right here in the middle of the kitchen. But for the love of God, go in your room because you have two little ones that are standing here as an audience watching you. Yeah. So now not only... Can I not control necessarily my two stepkids who have two different households, but I can't necessarily even control my own kids and what they see because of my stepkids. 
You know what I mean? So you start playing this game, like you almost want to blame or, um, you find reasons why the older ones are like, Oh, I just wish they would do this. I can't believe they do this. Like you play this blame game because, Oh, my two little ones do this because the older ones do this, you know? And that's not right. It's not their fault. It's not fair to them. They're, they're still almost only, only 13, but you end up doing that because they're older. And so you expect so much out of them, but that's not fair to them either. So I have to take a step back and just give them, you know, grace. And, and I just, it's so hard. It's, it's, yeah, that's really hard. And I used to say, cause we're, you know, we're raising four teenagers all at the same time. So ours are of course, 19, 17, 15 and 14. And I used to think, you know, wouldn't it be better if they were a little bit more spaced out? And I think it, no. It's it's hard either way. At least I'm going through it all at once. But of course, with four teenagers all at once, it's like always some kind of major drama going on. And of course, right. that's what I was going to ask you. And I always call it, I call it the ugly years, like from about 12 to 15, somewhere in there. It's like they just turn into this alien child and you don't know who they are. And I wanted to ask you, cause you're, you're at the preteen stage. So are you there yet? And do you notice like that there are big differences in the boy and the girl because they're going to hit it a little bit differently too. The boy and the girl thing is huge. I mean, the girl is light years more mature right. than the boy. I mean, way ahead. Like she at least talks to the little ones like you would talk to a little one. Like, oh, wow. Oh, what'd you do today? Oh my gosh, that's great. Oh, you colored this picture. That's amazing. Good job. You know, like she talks to them like they're little kids. The boy expects the little ones to be treated the exact same as him. And he can't see why it's different because he's so much more immature. He says things to me all the time. Just said it to me this weekend. Well, she said it first and I'm like, (laughs) she's four. There's an eight, nine year difference between you. And the example I always give him, I say, you know, hope and Ben are two years apart. Right. He's like, yeah. And I say, would you ever expect, ever hope to act like Ben? Would you ever expect her to talk like him, to hit like him, to need a passy like him? Would you ever expect that? Well, no, of course not. Yes, I know. And they're two years apart. Now imagine eight. Right. So you can't expect the two of them to never act alike. And then you expect me to treat the two of you the same. So, but he feels so defeated. He feels so um, left out, like constantly, well, you do that for her, but not for me. Well, she gets to do this and not for me. And he's constantly making that comparison when there just is no comparison. Right. You know, it's, it's so difficult for him to see past that. At least the girl, we call him the girl and the boy. It's so funny. Like mm-hmm. sometimes we don't even say their names. We'll be like, yeah, did you, get the boy, <laughs> did you get the boy some food? Did you get the girl's clothes? Like say the girl, the girl and the boy, but she can at least see that they're way different from her. Yeah. But then the drama with her, she's such a diva. Yeah. She's the definition of diva. 
Like I'm running around like a crazy person trying to bathe people, trying to help with homework, trying to get myself dressed, trying to do all this. Meanwhile, I ask her to just take her dish in from the table and it's like the end of the world. Like she's like, can't you see I'm doing something right now? And I'm like, Oh, I, I, like I don't, I won't even know what to say. I just like walk away because I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth. It, and, and has she started her monthly yet? Oh, yeah. 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 So that's just when it all, I always felt, I mean, with three girls, that's how it's gone in my house, that as soon as that happened, you just waited for it. And you knew in the next like two months, just all hell was going to break loose. Because once those hormones really start kicking in yeah. and they're all over the place and so are the moods. And, you know, in, in this house, I mean, they cycle together a lot of times. So um, oh, we've got three of them. And then plus, of course, me. So sometimes we're all cycling together. Sorry, men that are listening, but I know, right. They're like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, much. it's, you know, my husband's like, Oh no, <laughs> let me leave this house right now. <laughs> you know, luckily, luckily I'm really good, but you know, with the girls, you just, yeah, it's, so what do you do? Do you make them aware that it's like, you know, you guys, we're all going through something like you're not alone. So yeah. at least have a little bit of consideration. Do you do you pay, point attention to that or what do you we do? We actually do. We're just a very, very open family. So everybody is aware and everybody knows. And I've taught my daughters and they don't always follow it. But what I've tried to always teach them is when you feel like you want to kill somebody and, you know, this is your time of the month and I understand how you feel and we all feel that way. But when you say stuff that hurts feelings, you can't take it back. So I've told them mm-hmm. when you're feeling like you can't control your behavior, Please just remove yourself and go to yes. your room until you feel better before you say something that you don't mean and you have to apologize for later. And um, my oldest is really good with that. So, and it's to the point where like sometimes she'll disappear for a while and I'm like, honey, why don't you come out with the rest of the family? And she's like, mom, I you told me, <laughs> yeah, she's like, you told me if I can't be nice to go away and that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's okay. You're listening to fair. me. But um, fair. <laughs> yeah, but, and that's what we try to do. And, and, and then we do, we do overlook sometimes we know we we always know when because they tell us because we we make sure that it's it's tracked and now I used to have the app for all three of them and now I've finally gotten them I'm like listen you guys need to keep track yourself with your own you all have a smartphone there's no reason I have to do it but they they still like kind of tell we all kind of know what's going on and so when we know it's that time we try to be a little bit graceful about it but um at the same time sometimes we got to put the smack down and be like look that's unacceptable for you to behave this way. But, you know, we always know when it's coming and it's... Well, and it's just so fast every single month. It's like, you know, you don't even hardly have a break before it's happening yeah. again. Yeah, and that's, he, that's and here, depending, like sometimes we cycle together and then sometimes we don't. And so sometimes it's like there's not a break in the house. It's just boom, one to the next, to the next, to the next. So, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Your husband. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he loves it. So, but yeah. anyway, so let, let's move on from that because I know there's probably a lot of men listening. They, they, most men don't want to hear about all that kind of stuff. But I know. Um, I heard you say earlier that you get along really well with your husband's ex, and I think that's wonderful. And I know that's not the case for everybody. So I wanted to ask you: Is that by luck, or have you guys had to do a lot of work in that relationship to get where you're at right now? No, a lot of work. Um, when the twins were young. 
Um, so James, like most kids, I shouldn't say most kids, but I feel like it is most kids has an attention disorder, you know, like an ADHD or ADD. I feel like this is a lot of kids nowadays. Like it seems to be like half of kids have some form. Obviously there's way more severe and then there's mild, but you have these behavior issues. And so there were times where as a mother, And I wasn't a mother at this point, but as a mother, she would make excuses, you know, and she would be like, well, you know, that's his disorder or that's, you know, that's something we just have to work on with him. And I'm on the other end going, no, he needs a good case of discipline. Like we just need to put structured consequences in, in place. And so because of that disagreement, I easily could have taken the low road and started an argument and been disrespectful and started drama. But so many times I chose because I, I guess it's about consideration. I really didn't want my husband to ever have problems. You know, I didn't, I didn't want us to ever have custody problems or ever. And I know she's a good person. I know she's just being a mom, like just being an emotional mom. So I guess I was trying to be a understanding, which is so hard to do. B, I tried to be considerate. And C, again, just from running a business, you're kind of in a partnership with that person, whether you like it or not. Like what's done is done. I'm in a partnership with her. I have to find a solution. I'm all about solutions. I don't like arguments that aren't about solutions that you just go back and forth expressing each other's opinion. I can't stand like political conversations, like people just arguing back and forth. Well, you do this and you do this. It's like, how about we talk about solutions? Like let's, I know we all can agree that we just need solutions. So let's just sit down and talk logically. So I literally would call a family meeting. I would ask them to come over to our house. I would literally have appetizers, like act like we're just having them over. And we would sit down, the four of us, because her fiance is a really great guy too. And we've always um, gotten along with him too. So I obviously would include him. So us four would sit around and just have a discussion. And I would, I would as much as I could make my quote unquote case to her. And sometimes she would see that and other times she just wouldn't, but she would at least have a solution she would be like, well, you know, let's put him in therapy. Like, I really think we should give him the tools. He at least needs therapy. And I'd be like, you know what? I, I support that. At least she has a solution. She's not just saying, well, want, want, want. I want this. I want this. Like, at least she has a solution. Um, so I would, you know, support that. Like, you have to understand you're in a partnership with these people. If you want it to work and you want the kids to see how to work through problems in their life, you have to be the example. Like, that's just as simple as it gets. Like, no matter how heated, no matter how bad you disagree, your kids are going to disagree with people in their life, too. And if you want them to get through it and not lose custody of their kids someday or not get in a heated fight with somebody and lose a job over it, they, they have to learn how to work through problems. So this has been multiple times. I mean, there has been many, many times where I easily could have pushed away, caused drama, because I don't agree a lot of times. Right. But you have to somehow meet in the middle. Well, I like that you guys at least are having the conversations because you wouldn't believe how many families cannot do that, that cannot sit down with the ex 
or their partner that can't even be in the same room or at the same football game or whatever without there being tension and drama being caused. That, Like you said, the kids are seeing that and it's very uncomfortable. So I have to commend you all for at least trying to open up those conversations and trying to be on the same page. Even if you don't always agree, at least you're trying to do that for the sake of the kids. So that yeah. is really, really good. I wish more people could do that. Well, it takes a lot too mm-hmm. to understand that I don't know what she went through today. Like she might just be in a mood, like she might just be heated or whatever, because she had a bad day at work, or maybe she had a bad day with the kids or maybe, you know, whatever. I don't know what she's went through in a day because it's not like you're that close. You're not with these people all the time. You don't know if they just got in a fight with their sister or whatever. You don't know. So you have to somehow be considerate and just say, you know what, if I had a bad day, I would want somebody to just have grace on me. Like I just, I just want everybody to treat me the way that, you know, I I just want, I have to be able to treat people the way that I want to be treated. It's the golden rule. It sounds so simple, but it's not at all. And there's been plenty of times where then I turn around and take it out on my husband, you know, Mm. afterwards I'll be like, well, she, I can't believe she's doing this. Can you believe she did this and made this excuse? And she told him that he's just sensitive and, you know, can you believe, you know, and that's not right either. Like that's where I've made mistakes because then ultimately, quite honestly, that, that kind of pushes him away. You know what oh, I mean? Totally, because he he's going to feel in the middle, even though he's not. But uh, of course, you know, it puts him in the position of not knowing what to do. Um, how was she towards you? Same, same, being gracious and considerate, or? Um, I don't. I don't know. I I guess you don't have to answer it if it's going to cause any issues too. No, okay. no, 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 not at all. I'm just okay. thinking. I think there's not a lot of times where she's needed to be, and I guess I don't want to sound like cocky or whatever, but I don't think there's been a lot of times. I think ultimately they're her biological children. So it's up to me to have the respect. It's not really up to her to concede to me. You know, if I was sharing custody with my own children, man, I would only hope that that other person just understands there are, they are my biological kids. Of course. So I guess there hasn't been a lot of times that she's had to like, quote unquote, concede to me other than like when I take their phone and I flat out hide it because I don't want my husband to know where it is. I don't want him to even be feel like the pressure he needs to give in. Right. I flat out hide it like I hid it yesterday. And I'm just like, I don't want him to be tempted to give it back or because I know he he does get suckered into that. And she quite honestly has never said to me there was one time actually. There was one time where she said, you know, I wish you wouldn't do that. And she gave the reason or whatever. Right. Um, and I kind of was just hoping that she would just concede and see my side. And she really didn't. Yeah. Um, and you just, you know what, guys, like you have a choice. I don't know. I, you have a choice to either make it a big argument. And a lot of times I do argue my case, but it's then it's with my husband, you know? So unfortunately for my husband, and I'm actually realizing through this conversation, my poor husband, <laughs> cause I do put a lot on him like about that. Um, but I just try to respect her wishes cause they're, they're her kids. Like I love to think of them as my kids and they're my kids siblings, but the fa- you have to face the facts. They're her biological kids. You know, we have 50-50 custody, but you got to face the facts. Right. And and the fact that you, the way that you act, because listen, we, we treat people sometimes the way we're treated. The fact that you are being polite and considerate and respecting her as their mother 
And knowing where your role is and where it's not is probably helping the relationship to where she doesn't need to be any different towards you, that she can treat you the same way that you're treating her. So I really, um, I really think you're doing a great job there. And I do wish that more people, and I know that's not possible because it takes two and you know, both of you are understanding how to act and that doesn't always happen for people. And sometimes yeah. somebody can act amazing, but it's the other person that can't. And so it's difficult. All right. Well, and there will be times where I misunderstand her or mm -hmm. I shouldn't say misunderstand her. The kids, the twins misunderstand her. So she'll be talking to them about, you know, their little brother and sister, like when they get really, really annoyed with their little siblings. And there has been times where she has said things like, well, you know what, if you need space, walk away. And they take that as like, well, if my sibling is right behind me, I can slam the door in their face. Or uh -huh. if I'm, you know, if I want them to stay put, I'm going to lock them in a room and I'll walk away. And they'll be like, mommy told me that I should just walk away. You know what I mean? Right. They take her words and twist them. So there has been times where I have to call her and be like, they have to be misunderstanding you because I really hope you didn't say this. And she would be like, oh, God, no. Like, you know, she kind of defends herself and says, no, I didn't mean it for this way or whatever, because it is hard because her kids, you know, I mean, I know they call me mom, by the way. I mean, they they're as they're as much my kids as I'm ever as they're as much as her kids. The only difference is they're biologically hers. Right. Um, but I will say it is definitely harder because they don't have siblings at her house. So they go to her house. They don't have siblings. They come to my house and all of a sudden they have two little terrorizers. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and they're going to go to moms and they're going to complain, you know, uh, so-and-so touched my thing or right. broke, this or broke that. And of course, but it's really nice that you guys are able to call each other because that's one of the biggest problems in blended families is that kind of misinformation that goes back and forth when somebody says something and it gets twisted around and before you know it you're angry at the ex because you're like I can't believe you would tell the kids this and yeah. you are being so mature and right to just call that person and again not everybody can do that not everybody can actually is is speaking to that that ex or whatever but when you can call to clarify and say I just want to know, did you say this or did yeah. you do this? It right. really can squash a lot of problems before they even crop up. Um, and I know myself and my ex do that now, but we had years of a time where there were a lot of fights that started that way through the kids until we finally realized and caught it. And we were like, okay, from now on, we're just going to call each other. If something doesn't sound right, call me and ask me if it's true right. before you, you know, jump off the handle. So, um... Well, one of the things that you said on your podcast is that the anger response physiologic physiologically in your body is what, 30 seconds? 30 I think? seconds, so, yeah. And then after so that, it's that, up to you what you want to do with it. That always stuck with me because I'm just like, that's so true because after you, it's your choice. Like, it's on you. Right. Like, you can kind of lose your mind for a minute or two or whatever, but that response is out of your body. And after that, it is on you, the way you act. And you don't want to throw your tantrum like your kids, when they throw tantrums, you don't want them to throw a tantrum. So you have to put that on you that you're just flat out throwing a tantrum. If you're assuming things and you're getting angry and you're, you know, placing blame and none of that is good. None of it is productive. Again, going back to business, none of that is productive. If you place blame before you know the whole story, it's just not moving people forward. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Well, let's 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 jump to business for a minute. I definitely wanted to talk about that. Um, sure. I'd love for you to talk about being a business owner. I am as well, and I know how hard it is to be an entrepreneur and raise a family. And you, like me, have a lot on your plate. Not only do you run a successful financial company, but you also do the podcast, and you've been leading a church group for blended families. And of course, you've got tons going on at home. So let's talk about time management because. That's a huge problem business owners face. We don't get to leave work at five and not think about it again until the next morning. As business owners, we take our work home with us and sometimes it consumes us. And Amy, you seem like you might have some of this figured out. So do you have systems in place to make it all work for your family? And what kind of tips can you share with us on that? Yeah, so I... Yeah, I've got... You are hit it right on the head that I have some of it figured out. Um always a work in progress, right? Yes. Um, so the, the part that I have figured out is no one, not even the kids, like surprises. So what I try to do as much as possible, and I do financial planning for a living, so it's kind of second nature, but I even have to put phone reminders, anything that I can do. I put signs up, like I'll put stuff on the fridge, stuff on the cupboards, signs up to remind me to talk about like the day, like the kids at one point, I think I told you this over the phone, but I don't think we've mentioned it yet. At one point we were doing like every two days with the mom. And then if we had something going on for work or if she had something going on for work, we would switch nights. And sometimes it was literally every other night for like five nights in a row. That's crazy. And these poor kids had no idea what house they were going to, let alone who was picking them up, let alone, you know, if they were going to make it to their sporting event or who was going or who was going to watch or who was picking them up. Like it's, you know, and no, that does not instill confidence. You know, they can't have confidence if they're constantly unsure in their life. And as adults, I feel the same in business. Like I can't be confident talking to my clients, talking to my employees, talking to my husband if I don't know the details of my day. So I guess the one thing I have figured out is everybody loves to have expectations set or at least a range of something like, you know, either me or daddy will pick you up tonight. You know, instead of, you know, I'm not sure it might be mommy or it might be grandma or it might be, you know, right, might, right. you know, I give them at least a range, at least something, um, to try to get everybody on the same page or like in the morning, like this morning, it's a Monday morning. It's crazy. I got to get the two older ones to the bus stop. I've got to get myself ready for work. I've got to get the two little ones to a separate school You've got to, you know, work out between you and your husband, who's getting ready first, who's going in the shower, who's watching the four kids, who's cooking breakfast, are the older ones helping, who's cleaning? Okay. Oh my gosh, we've got somebody coming in this morning right away. Who's going to that meeting? Like, so wake up in the morning, first thing this morning, I set everybody down at breakfast and I said, okay, so right after we get up from breakfast, you two are going to go finish your reading for your day. You're going to get packed for school. Hope you're going to go get dressed. And I'm like, Benny, you're coming with me in the shower and we're going to get this done. Like you set the expectations. Everybody is a lot calmer. They know what to expect. It's more efficient. And that's also how I try to run my day in business because as you know, Melissa, you can get a call. I could get a call right now. Somebody's got a fever. You got to come get them. Just like a few hours ago, Grace calls me from the nurse's office. I don't feel well. What's wrong? Well, I don't really know. It's hard to explain. Okay, that's called hormones. Go back to class. Yeah. Like you just you don't know what you're going to get. Right now I could have a client walk in the door. Like there's constantly things that disrupt your day. 
So for me, a calendar doesn't always work for me. I have to just set the expectation in the morning like, okay, I have Melissa's podcast today. I know that before the podcast, I have to get the following done at some point, (laughs) you know, and you write it down. Like you give yourself definitely leeway because if you don't get something done at the right time, that just causes frustration and then that bleeds into the rest of your day. So I try to not bind myself and commit myself to too much. I give myself a range. So I feel like between my husband and I, we've definitely mastered that part where I set the expectation for the day. I try to set just like a range of expectations instead of this strict, crazy routine because your routine is going to get messed up. When you're in a blended family and you have kids and you have a business, stuff gets messed up. You know, I can't tell me how many times I set a workout and I just don't get to work out. Like stuff happens. You can't get frustrated about it. So I just try to set semi-flexible expectations and that seems to really work. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, Time management is such a struggle in my house, especially with interruptions. We don't have an outside office. So when we try to work at home, the kids are always coming in and out for like random reasons. And my kids are older. I can imagine with little ones, it's hard to find time to get work done at home. So have you found a solution that works for you when you have work to do at home? Or do you have to make sure everything's done at the office? No, I have to. Like yesterday, I actually, on a Sunday... I committed to going to someone else's office because I'm like, I can't have a phone call with you at my house on a, right. in the middle of the day on a Sunday. It will not happen. Even if I lock myself in a bedroom, I'll have the two-year-old banging on the door, screaming, throwing a fit or something. Like it just, I, I've come to realize I just really can't be efficient at home. So right. I set it up so that my husband obviously would stay at home. I told the little, I told the older ones in the beginning of the day, Mom's got an appointment later in the afternoon. I need you guys to be the mature ones of the house and help daddy. Like, I need you guys to be in the living room helping him go play with them, even if it's just for 15 minutes, break it up, take them out in the pool, whatever you have to do. I need your help. And they're like, okay. So I actually left yesterday at two o'clock to go to somebody's office because I said, I cannot have a phone call with you. So I have found that, yes, I have to go somewhere, even if it's not your office, you know, if you don't have a, an outside office, use other people's offices, meet them out for coffee. I've had to do that before too. Yeah. Whatever you got to do, because again, I don't want to set myself up to get super frustrated and angry. I want to avoid anger and frustration at all costs because nothing good happens when everybody gets worked up. Yeah, that's so true. Cool. It's worth it for me to, to do something outside for 45 minutes versus trying to do it myself and have it last an hour and a half because I have to take 15 breaks. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And I find for myself personally, I have to write down everything that I possibly have to do. And I have so many lists. I have lists of today and then I have lists for this week and I have, you know, I mean, I have, if it doesn't get on a list though, then I find that I could forget it. Um, so as soon as I think of something that I need to do right away, I just hurry up and put it somewhere in one of my lists so that it doesn't get lost. Um, yeah, I utilize my phone, like technology is so great, man, do I utilize my phone all the time? Like, voice, Siri, remind me in an hour to do this. Like seriously, I am so dependent on my phone. It's so bad. But that is how I manage things day by day. Like the church, um, I mean, I literally, I volunteer in the baby room. I run a group. I'm on the worship team. So I try to really um, rest my mind and get my mind right and know that I commit to certain 
times that way because if I just said, well, I'll just do it when I have time, I'll never have time. Yeah. And it's like that with the working out too. I find that I have to schedule in my workouts. If I don't, then like, I think I worked out less than five times this whole entire summer. And I have been unusually busy with, you know, the extra business and all that, but I was, I can't be doing that. I can't be working out. But you kind of work out for a living, no? Um, you (laughs) would think so. And, and yes, I mean, if yes, generally it is, it is, exercise in a sense, but my body is so used to that kind of work that if it doesn't, it doesn't help me. And as far as building muscle or anything like that, yeah, yeah. It doesn't get my heart rate up enough and it doesn't, you know, so, um, so I, I started to work out again, but I have to, I have to put it in my schedule. Otherwise it's not going to happen. That's the part I haven't figured out. That's the part I haven't figured out is how do I get me time? Like I, yeah, well, Never work out. I don't know if I'd go as far to say that it's me time because um, I, I actually have had to, I had to start working out at my house in order because but I don't have time to leave anymore because by the time I drive to the gym and spend yeah. an hour there and leave, it, it's just way too long. So right. I just work out at home now. And uh, th- this is not so a plug. with the kids there? With the kids there. But, you know, okay. remember, my kids are older. But there's right. been times when they were younger, I was like, come and work out with me. And if they wanted to, they would. Otherwise, sometimes they'll just watch. But I I use Beachbody. And this is not a plug because um, they're not a sponsor. But I, right. I happen to really <laughs> like Beachbody because I can find programs on there that are, you know, 30 minute workouts. And I can do that because there's no travel time. So (laughs) it's, it's crazy if I can't find just 30 minutes to stop what I'm doing and go to my living room and throw on a tape and just do it. Yeah. I just feel like I can't, I have Beachbody too. I paid for the whole damn thing all year. I still you have little ones. So with little ones, I can imagine, see my, my kids are older, so they don't, they don't like want to, they don't want my attention as much as when they want to sit on me and wrestle with me. And I I have that with my dogs. My dogs like to come and sit on me while I'm working out. Yeah. Um, I could see that. But, uh, but yeah, you've got to, you've got to figure out how to get time for you to work out. Because again, if you, if you're not doing it, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like mentally I don't do as well when I'm not working out. I feel that I get stressed out way easier. There's no release for me. Um, and sometimes it's the last thing in the world that I want to do and I'll make every excuse, but when I'm done, I always feel better. So I know how important it is, but I agree. It's really hard finding the time. Uh, speaking of time where we're, I don't want to go too long, so but I want to get into your yeah. business a little bit before we go. So um, let's talk about Nova Wealth Management. Uh, tell us a little bit about your company and what you offer there. Sure. So um, we're a full-service registered investment advisor, meaning we do financial planning, individualized investment strategies, um, insurances, just the whole gamut, cash flow analysis. So <clears throat> I have a lot of business owners business owner clients that I help them with tax strategies, help them customize a retirement plan, help them invest the retirement plan, and then help with their cash flow in their business. I have retired individuals that need income, and then we actually have an athlete division. So we work a lot with athletes because they have um, the fortunate and misfortunate um, you know, ability to get paid um, really in a short amount of time at large chunks of money and then nothing. So we we help everybody of all shapes and sizes manage anything to do with money. And then I have specialists. I have 
business managers that I work with, we're not accountants. So I refer out to accountants. I refer out to estate planning attorneys. So specialists that we work with to basically get everything done. But we, at our prior firm, it was just really, um, really wasn't revolving around advice. It was more revolving around like a specific, like three things that they would sell, you know? And I, I felt like I really wanted to be more around like advice and giving the right advice based on the full financial picture. So that's where the whole Nova story was born. I actually just did an interview on entrepreneur.com. The interview was actually the front page of the woman's in business section. It was so cool. Nice. Yeah. So one of the questions they asked me was like, how did the idea of your business first start? And I just thought that was such a unique question instead of like, you know, why did you start your business? I had to go back to the moment, like, when was this born? And I think it was like the financial crash. Like, I really, really wanted to help people in a meaningful way when that happened, because I had grown men in front of me crying that lost everything. You know, it was really scary. So that's kind of why we opened our company and we've been growing. I mean, we have nine employees and we're in every single state. Um, and now we're even international. So that is wonderful. It's very similar to what we're doing now too. And, and we feel the same way. We want to educate people so that they understand and finances are such an important part of our lives, but yet most people don't pay attention to their personal finances. And since Sean and I started our career with the financial services, we've learned how many people haven't a clue about how to save money, where to put it if they are saving it or how to make sure they're okay for retirement. And I think blended families need financial help more than ever. And Amy, I know you agree because we talked about this. Can you talk about what challenges you see blended families face in your line of work? Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest things, um, especially, well, well, I would say it's the two extremes. I would say when there's not a lot of money, there's a ton of stress on the family, right? So you've got, if you don't have a lot of money, you have to determine where does every penny go? And you play this game of, well, our kids need this, or your kids need this, or my kids need this. And you play that game of that, that financial component of where does the money go? Or you spent money on your kids and now my kids need this. You know, it's again, that blame game. And then with the wealthy, you've got all kinds of legacy planning issues. So you've got who's the beneficiary on this account and your kids are the beneficiary on this account. And why am I not the beneficiary on this? And then you've got, okay, well, if I die, who, who inherits the money? And then it could possibly go to their ex-spouse. So even if you aren't a blended family, just so you know, if you're a husband and wife that are married, your daughter inherits your wealth she gets divorced. Now half of your wealth goes to the ex-husband in a divorce. You've got to protect that. Right. Or if there's a death, heaven forbid, your daughter passes away after you pass away. She's already gotten your wealth. You never liked her husband. Well, she dies. He gets it all. Wow. You know, you've got to think about these things when you've got money. And so planning is huge when you've got blended families because you have to ensure it goes to the right places. And I cannot tell you, Melissa, how many times I have people fight in front of me because they were like, well, your kids are going to get all this and your kids are fine. My kids don't have anything. Yeah. You know, there's full blown fights about who gets money. 
And then on the other side, I have struggling families in front of me blaming like, well, you spend money on this and I don't get my, you know, your kids are on our phone bill and my kids don't even have this and they, you know, they don't know their next meal and college and oh my gosh, it's just a hot mess. And you've got, like I said, nobody likes surprises. That should probably be my tagline when it comes to blended families and finance. Nobody likes surprises. So we have got to communicate and talk about things beforehand. Like if you are somehow approaching getting married into a blended family, for the love of God, talk about this stuff now. Yeah. And plan it out. Get your estate, get your trust, get everything squared away before there's a problem. And then everyone is going to be fighting and your kids are going to be in the middle of that. And you don't want that. That's... Well, it rips people apart. If you've got parents that don't do planning and then someone dies, you have fighting and you have lifelong relationships ripped apart over money and items. And it's just, it's unfortunately way too common. It's, it's not worth it. It, when it's so easily avoidable. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I I can't stress it enough that it's like, it's our health and our finances. Like you don't, you know, you, you cannot take it for granted. You've got a plan with what you have or what you don't have. Oh, that's, it's good that there's people like you out in the world doing the work that you do. Um, so how long have you been doing the podcast? Tell us about that show and what kind of topics do you cover on there as well as how to find it? Okay, so it's the Nova Wealth Show is on iTunes, and we also have a video version on the Woodich Network. So Woodich is W-O-O-D-I-T-C-H, just like it sounds, the Woodich Network, and it's just the Nova Wealth Show, and that's a pre-recorded, we do interviews um, just like this. Uh, which is why I reached out to you because I was like, this would be great to talk about, obviously, family and money, yeah. um, family and finance, because um, I definitely want to have you on mine as well. But we talk about all things money. So certainly, I like just um, this last week, I had actually Tony Dungy, for those of you that don't know, he's an ex-NFL coach for most known for the Indiana Indianapolis Colts. Um, and now he is an ESPN announcer. I had his son, Eric on um, my podcast and he does real estate. So we obviously talked about a lot in the real estate market and just interest rates fluctuating right now is affecting the stock market and affecting lending and affecting real estate prices um, because people can't get loans at the, as low of interest rates and lending guidelines and all this fun stuff. We talked all things real estate because why? Because it relates to money. We talked about people investing in real estate, but yet we also talked about people selling real estate. Um, so we just cover all things money and we have a live show every Friday at 4 p.m., on our Facebook page, Nova Wealth Management. Um, and we go live at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, and people hop on, ask questions, interact. Um, and we do all kinds of crazy things as far as I do the most simplistic topics as far as um, three great financial habits to stay on track or three great ways to save money or five ways to get out of credit card debt, you know, simple things like that. And then I've also had estate planning attorneys on talking about complex estate planning um, issues and ways to get around that. So we talk all things money, all things finance. If anybody ever has topics, like I told you, I highly suggest you reach out and just let me know any topics that you want covered because we just talk about so many things. Last, the two weeks ago, I think I did um, college planning for kids. 
Okay, so you've, um, just you run the gamut of everything. That's really, really good. Uh, listeners, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and add Amy's information in the show notes in case you want to get in contact with her. But Amy, before we go today, I've come up with five questions that I'm going to be asking everyone who joins me for these chats. Are you ready? I am ready. Shoot. Okay. What is, number one, what is the thing you love most about your blended family? Oh, that's a nice question. Um, I, I, since I'm an only child and I didn't have a lot of family growing up, I really love when they all play. Like it just warms my heart when I see them all being together and all being a family. And I, and I also sit back and realize that's because, you know, we do have such a great relationship with the ex or we have made effort, let's say, to have a great relationship because we get them a lot. And so they're super close, which I really, really love and appreciate that they're close and that they can play and have great moments and, and lean on each other. It's really neat to watch because I didn't have that, you know. And yeah, that's actually one of my favorite things, too, when I, you know, and they don't all get along all the time, especially in my house because they are right. teenagers. But when I see them talking or hugging or getting along it uh, I feel the same way it just warms my heart okay question two what is the biggest yes what is the biggest challenge right now in your blended family oh for sure um the biggest challenge that I have is the older ones um just not liking the little ones <laughs> and maybe, maybe that has to do, maybe there's families out there that aren't blended that have that same issue. I don't know, but I think it has more to do with the fact that when the twins go to a house where they get a break mm-hmm. and they have their alone time and they have their own stuff and they have mommy and her boyfriend all to themselves. And then they come to my house and they have to fight for time and they have to watch their stuff. And I think it has a lot to do with that. But I think that's the biggest challenge is just, uh, you know, they they don't like them sometimes. And that's heartbreaking. So well, going from saying my favorite thing when they get along is awesome. But when they don't get along, it's so heartbreaking. Of course. And they're at that age where, you know, little toddlers are going to be annoying to them because they're preteen. And preteens and teens is a very selfish phase it's it's the world is mine and you are all living in it and that's just kind of the way it is so but I see other families like you know you do that thing where you judge yourself based upon what other families do and I see other families with older siblings and younger siblings and you see the older ones carrying them around helping out like but you know, don't do them. that thing Amy don't do don't get into <laughs> that thing that you you're doing that trap where we because I do it too I'll look at other families and oh like, I know I'll it's like, so oh, easy look, look at those kids they're so stupid and they're all straight A students. Where did I go wrong? Or, you know, but but we all don't know what's really going on. Like you, you only know what you see when those people are out and about. You don't always see, you know, what's going on behind closed doors. So don't do the thing. And we all do that thing, but don't do it. I know. I know. Um, (laughs) Number three, if you knew then what you know now, what is one thing you would have done differently when you first blended? You know what? This is a really powerful question because I feel like now I expect the twins to talk to the little ones in a certain way, right? Like I say, teach them to be respectful. Teach them to be kind. Don't talk to them in such a discouraging and demeaning tone. Yet I feel like 
when I first got them, if I would have known better, I feel like I almost talked to them in that way. Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like if I would have just, if I would have known that obviously I would have been having my own kids or, um, that as they get older, you know, I, I wish I would have taken a little more time to research parenting, basic parenting, because I feel like so much of the way I talked to them when they were younger, I hear them talk that way now, you know, as awful as that sounds, I didn't, I didn't know better. They weren't my kids. I looked at them as kind of an inconvenience, you know, and I think a lot of people do this just, um, it's hard to admit, obviously I don't want to admit that I, that I did that, but it's just a fact, especially I was in my twenties and, you know, you, you do things that you learn from, you know? So if I would have known now that I would have had my own kids and I would have remembered that those kids are going to be adults, those kids are going to be teenagers and I want them to act a certain way, show them how to act, talk to them, how you want them to talk to you. I wish I would have thought through that more. You know, I wish I just wish I would have known what I know now because now I, I sometimes even see it, you know, like when they talk that way, you know, I, I know that I, I probably did that at one time. Thank you for your honesty there. Uh, that was, yeah, it's awful to say, awful to admit. It's not, it's actually not awful to say, but I know how many people wouldn't be able to say it. So I appreciate you admitting that because we all have things that we're maybe not proud of or that we think that we've done wrong, whether it's our stepchildren or our bio children. I know where I've failed with even my own children over the years. And it is hard to talk about because it's admitting to yourself that you you did something that you're not proud of or that wasn't right, but that's the only way that we learn. I mean, we're, they don't come with manuals, and right. we only learn by experiencing and then and then realizing yeah. if we made a mistake and then adjusting as we go. So at least you're recognizing that now, and you know that's all that really matters. And and it's always okay to say to the kids, you know what, I. I'm expecting you to do something now that I didn't do with you. And, and I so, do. Yeah. I do yeah. say that to them. So that's perfect. That's perfect. I, okay. I try to tell them anyway. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Not sure if they really hear it and understand it, but. They're I, listening. I, I, Even though they're they're acting like they're not, they're listening. Because my kids now come back and they'll repeat stuff that I've been saying to them over the years when I thought they weren't listening. But they do. They, they just don't want you to think that they're listening is, is what it is. Yeah. Um, Okay, number four, Amy, what is one what is something you know you're doing right in your blended family? Something that you're proud of? Um certainly the way we manage with the ex. I mean, I think it's really, really hard. I'm proud of it because it is so hard. And you're working at it. It's not it's not just coming easy to you. You're working at it. And that that says a lot. And I think you should be proud of that. I really do, because you have no idea how many people are not in that position and wish to be. So that was really good that you talked about that today. Okay, and the last question, number five, if you had one piece of advice to offer the rest of the listeners today, what would it be? I would say try to look at your marriage and your family as much as you can like a business and then add love on top of it. You know what I mean? So try to make your decisions like a business. Would it, would it, would it move your business forward or would it take you backward? Does it, does it make you productive or does it kind of keep you where you are? You know, I think 
the biggest tip that I can give you is try to be courteous just like you would to a client, to a customer, to somebody that doesn't deserve it, right? They call, they're upset at you, they're screaming at you, but they're the customer. <laughs> the right. customer's always right. You almost have to treat it like that because they may not deserve it, but quite honestly, it is not for you to judge in that moment what they deserve or what they don't. You are in a partnership with this person, whether you like it or not, and you got to do what's best for the kids just like you do what's best for your business. Well, I so think that I, that's great advice. I hope so. But I mean, it's it's something that you have to work at and it's really hard to give somebody something that they don't deserve. But it's just the fact of life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are great answers to all of those questions. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed chatting with you. We could probably talk for hours. Uh, maybe you can come back one day when I'm covering finances again. Absolutely. And I'd love to have you on my podcast if you would. <laughs> I definitely will. So until next time, bye everyone. Bye. Listeners, if you're interested in contacting Amy, her links will be in the show notes for you. Support her by downloading her podcast, The Nova Wealth Show. It's really good. I've already listened to it. Also, if you think you'd like to come on the show to have a fun conversation like you heard today, please contact me. And yes, Amy happens to have a business and a podcast, but that is not necessary to be a guest here with me. All that's required is that you have a blended family and you want to share your experiences with us. If that interests you, go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule, choose the mini session option so that we can set up a quick chat so we can get to know one another. You can also email me with any other questions or feedback at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. And please let me know if you like today's show, if you like the co-host thing. Tell me what you think about these open conversations. I'd really love your feedback. Thank you as always for listening today. And I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.